What's up, sons and daughters? It is Sam Jesse, and we are back for bowl season part one with some members of the crew from the locks of Saturday. Robert and Brett are joining me. Fellas, how are we doing? It is Christmas season, which means bowl season. A couple of weeks off, been busy, work's been crazy. I'm ready to roll though. Meanwhile, I'm out here on a burner, man. I went eight and two last week. You did yeah, not to brag, but that that was pretty good. Yeah, I left for two weeks and I came back and Sam and Robert just ran away with it. Eight and two on the weekend last week. But Robert, it's not good enough because yours truly is still sitting in first place at 41 and 29 overall this season. I went seven and three last week. Robert, one game behind me at 40 and 30 after going eight and two last week. Brett, you are in third place at 37 and 33 after a four and six week last week. And then Mike got to 500 or stayed at 500 after a five and five weekend. He's at 35 and 35. Chris, 29 and 41, three and seven last week. And also at three and seven last week was Ed, who is at 28 and 42. Plenty of time, a lot of games. We have nine games this weekend, 11 games next week, and then the college football playoff uh, and New Year's Six Bulls. We will get into that. Fellas. Prayers up. Prayers up to uh, anyone who has been following Ed and Chris's advice on gambling this year. Well, Chris not only won last year, he ran away with it last year. It wasn't close. So... That's why they call it gambling. That's the, we gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly, or just really well. Yeah, one or, or the other. Um, fellas, exciting news! Bowl Mania on ESPN.com. I will tweet out the link with this podcast as well. So check out the Sons of Saturday Twitter, Locks of Saturday Twitter, my Twitter, Sam of Saturday. We'll have the link to our ESPN Bowl Mania group. Just pick them straight up. No confidence. No spreads, just pick them. Uh, that's the easiest way. Winner of the Bull Mania group gets a prize from. I don't. I don't really know what the prize is yet. I actually said there was going to be a prize before I ran it by anybody. There will be a prize. I promise. I don't know what it is yet, though. We got thirty-two people in the group already. Would love to see Holy even more turnout. Yeah, wow. it's been awesome. <laughs> I hadn't even checked it, to be honest with you. I set it up. Shout out to my mom and dad and sister and future brother-in-law. They all joined. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, I'll get my family to join too. (laughs) The only people joining is like us and our our families because they pity us. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It'll be a fun time. It'll be fun. Bowl season is great. So we're not going to cover every bowl game. That'd be a little bit much. And quite frankly, we don't need to cover, you know, Kent State playing whoever in the whatever bowl. We will cover every game that has a power five opponent in it. And also, uh, I don't know if we covered BYU. Covered a lot of games. I don't think we covered BYU. We've covered BYU a lot this year. So We have. We have. They've been a good team this year. Um, What's the one thing you don't do when you go to play at BYU? You don't walk out. You don't walk into Provo, Utah and come away with a win. That's Not at you night. You can walk in the day, but not at night. Not at night. Well, speaking of Utah, Utah State is our first game of bowl season. Utah State is plus seven versus Oregon State in the tradition unlike any other, the granddaddy of them all, the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. How did that even happen? How does this guy, how does he get a bowl? Jimmy Fallon is furious right now. Well, he's kind of a rich guy, but I also don't think it's cost that much to get a bowl. Like It costs a lot of money, but nothing that a you know, medium-sized company wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, we ha- we do have the Beefo Brady's Bowl and things like that out there. So Idaho budgets are low. Bowl. Right, budgets are low. Um, it's it's quite shocking, but it also it, it adds to the character of the bowl games. Um, and this is going to be a great game. This is actually one of the better matchups we'll talk about all night. This game, obviously, is in Los Angeles, California. It will be televised on ABC at 7.30. On Saturday, December 18th, trying to tell you when the games are over under for this game is at 66. Brett, you're in third place. We'll go reverse order tonight. Kick us off Utah State and Oregon State. Utah State coming off a big win, Mount West Championship game. Yeah, Oregon State, what a turnaround they've had in the last couple of years. I mean, they went from probably the bottom 
three or four teams in in FBS, not FBS, sorry, Power Five, to bowling and beating Oregon last year in 2020. So, I mean, they got it going on in Corvallis. I will say that. Um, one of the most beautiful stadiums. I know Sam talks about it every time we talk about them, but it's, uh, it's a pretty place. But I'm actually on Utah State here. Um, Blake Anderson was a possible um, candidate for the Virginia Tech job at one point, and there's a good reason why. Took a team that was last year, the players the players quit on them. I think their record, what did they, they didn't even finish out the season. They were like two and five. They were pretty bad last year. Um, or one and five. They like two, they didn't even, two and five. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Pretty and, bad. And I'm pretty and I know the I know they had players quitting on the team before he showed up, and now he's there and he completely turned around and they're hot. Um Oregon State, I they're I think they're also a competitive team, but I like Utah State here plus seven. I think it's I think a touchdown's too many. I don't think Oregon State's that much better than Utah State, especially how well Utah State is playing and how they're rallying around Blake Anderson right now. So give me the Aggies plus seven. Yeah, I am on the Aggies here as well. Uh Definitely, definitely on the Blake Anderson train. I I really don't know how he hasn't gotten a Power 5 job yet. I mean, the job that he is doing um, at Utah State is pretty phenomenal. Um, I mean, to to give Utah State seven points here, I I think it's just ridiculous. Utah State is on fire right now. They've won seven of their last eight games. They're winning those games by an average of 20 points. Um, and they're a seven-point underdog here against a pretty inconsistent Oregon State team. I'm not only picking Utah State in the spread here, I'm picking them outright to win. Um, I don't have the money line in front of me at the moment, but I'm sure that's pretty. That's a pretty uh, nice payout there. Well, I do have the money line in front of me because I wrote it down. A little teaser, Utah State money line plus 240. See, that's pretty good. I like that. Really I just good. think Utah State's a better football team. First pick in, I'm already going to lock it in. This is Ooh, my lock. Locking it wow. in. Early. I will have the sound effects. I, I, like, by the way. I like money line, Sam. That's a good play. I think that there's a game for an underdog. I think this might be one of the ones we're talking about. This might be it. Yeah, it might be. And I think that's seven. I, I'm not exactly sure where that came from. I don't think if these teams play in the regular season, I would six. Seven's a lot. Seven's a lot for this game. I'm going to go Utah State too. And I think this is a game where in bowl games, you try to find, okay, like what's the big matchup in this game that one team can exploit over the other? Because usually they're pretty even teams, or at least their records, strength of record is pretty even. And I think that's the same for these, these two teams. But Utah State has been a phenomenal passing offense under Blake Anderson. They were number nine EPA per pass in Oregon State. Not a great defensive team. They did fire their defensive coordinator midseason. They're number 84 EPA per pass defense. What Oregon State does do is run the ball very well. That's also what Utah State does very well. So I just think that Utah State, they might not be as talented as Oregon State is up front because I do think Oregon State has some playmakers, but they do less things poorly than Oregon State does. Oregon State just is not a great defensive team, and they sometimes struggle to pass the ball. They're about 50-50 yardage production with rushing and passing, not really where you want to be. I like Utah State. I like them money line as well. I like it. And here's another reason why we like it. Utah State is undefeated this season in road or neutral games. Undefeated. Oregon State, one in five in road or neutral games. So... I think a lot points to the Aggies here. And I also think these are two coaching names to keep an eye on. Blake Anderson will probably be offered a power five job next off season. And Jonathan Smith, he's a former Oregon state player came back here is building back that program. I don't know if he leaves, but he's going to be a name that's brought up and it'll be a, it'll be a tight race for him because he's going to be a really hot name in the next few coaching cycles. All right. Let's move on to our next game on Wednesday, December 22nd. It is the Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth, Texas between Missouri and Army West Point. This game will be on ESPN at 8 o'clock. Over under 59 and a half. That's an interesting number. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Brett, kick us off. SEC versus a service academy. Yeah, Missouri's. I don't know. Honestly, pretty shocked they finished six and six. I mean, that that game that went against uh, 
bought with the Boston College ended up or whatever. That was the that was the only game I watched from them. And I Boston College was hurting, missing Dracovic. And I was like, man, this team stinks. But that being said, I I'm on Army here. I mean, big stat that goes out to me. Obviously, Army second in the country in rushing yards, no doubt. I mean, and then Missouri, 124th in the country in rush and run defense. I mean, that's what that's got to be close to dead last, right? If I mean, what was it? I thought they were 130, 26, 130. I mean, that's close to dead last. So I'm on Army here. They're going to make Missouri defense look like Swiss cheese and they're going to hold the ball the whole game. I don't think, I think this is just the worst matchup for Missouri. I don't think they have the athletes even either um, to really <laughs> cover this, to cover here or even win the game. So I'm on Army here. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Army as well. Uh, one thing I love about bowl season, and this applies to the game we picked prior to this, is I love where you basically have these, you know, top tier group of five teams going up against these mediocre at best power five teams. And it's, you know, like Army has been killing it all year and Missouri just barely made a bowl game. And yet this is still seen as a comparable matchup. I love it because it could really go any way. Uh, but that said, I do think that Army is the better team. I think an important thing to look at in these types of games is has this group of five team played any Power Five opponents? And if so, how have they done? Army has played Wisconsin and Wake Forest. Now, granted, they did not win either of those games, um, but they only lost to Wisconsin by six and they lost to Wake by 14. And those are two ranked Power Five teams right now. Wisconsin and Wake Forest are very good football teams and they are a lot better than Missouri. Um, So I just, I don't really see any reason why Missouri could win this game. And I also don't think they could cover a three and a half point spread. I just think Army's offense is too much. Yeah, I agree on everything. Army in a landslide here. Missouri's number 119 in EPA per rush defense. That's not a good sign going up against a team that literally does not pass the ball. I looked back because I think the argument that could be made here for Missouri is you have extra time to prepare for the triple option. We always hear that. If you have extra time, you can get your guys ready, get their keys ready. You'll know what to do up front and you'll be good. But for Army, that hasn't really been the case. In the last four bowl games, Army has played. Uh, in 2020, they lost by three to West Virginia. It was one of the best West Virginia defenses probably of all time. They only scored 21 in that. Last bowl game, though, 2018, they beat Houston by 56 points. They scored 70 on Houston, 70 to 14. 2017, they beat San Diego State by seven. They scored 42 points in that game. 2016, they beat North Texas by seven. They scored 38 in that game. The extra time does not help teams defend the triple option. We've seen it with Army. It's just whatever they do, their reads are good enough where more time isn't really what's needed. You just have to be able to defend the run, and Missouri hasn't done that. So I think Army, they beat Navy tomorrow, and then they win in a landslide in Fort Worth. We'll keep things moving. December 23rd, Thursday, a really interesting matchup here. Central Florida, plus 7.5, versus University of Florida, regular old Florida. Uh, in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Did you know the Gasparilla Parade is just a parade where a bunch of people get drunk and dress as pirates? That's what this bowl is. Yeah. That I, sounds I actually fantastic. Gasparilla Fest or whatever. It's like, it's absolutely insanity. Why can't Tech play in this bowl game? Why are we going to the stupid pinstripe bowl playing in a baseball stadium? Why is the rum always gone? <laughs> this game has, oh man, there's not going to be a, there's not going to be a bar with anything left in Tampa, Florida. Oh no. After students from central Florida and Florida come to town. I was about to say the fact that both Florida teams are playing in it and they're both going to be traveling. That's just, yeah. <laughs> Sobriety is not in the vocabulary at this, at this event. No, no, not at all. Again, this game is in Tampa, Florida. It will be televised on ESPN at seven o'clock. The over under is at 57. Brett. Interesting in-state matchup. Yeah, give me UC, give me UCF here though. I, I think the points is too many for how bad Florida's looked and how bad they've played the. I mean, just the dumpster fire that's happened for them in the last. Let's say they when they played Alabama, people thought they were a potential playoff team, and then the last seven weeks after that, just 
<laughs> it was just like in a flash, like a Armageddon happened. So, I mean, to me, I'm on UCF. They have a stable coach. Um, they don't have a quarterback. I know Dylan Gabriel is out, but – well, he's been out. Or no, I can't remember. I've been crazy. But anyway, um, I think they have a solid coach. They're going to, I think, manhandle Ford. I think Ford has quit. I think their players have quit. I think they're ready to move on. Their offense sucks. I'm taking the under here. UCF, I don't think, can put up a lot of points, but I don't think – Florida's going to be able to put up any. Um, give me Florida. I mean, sorry, give me UCF here plus seven and a half. This is my lock of the week. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, UCF here. This is just another one of those G5 versus P5 games where the G5 team, UCF, maybe not rolling as much as, say, Utah State or an Army is, but they're still, they're eight and four. They've done pretty well. Um, they're not the best team in the American, probably about the fourth best team in the American. But at this point, Florida is just a disaster. They don't have a head coach. Um, like Brett mentioned, Dylan Gabriel not playing for UCF. You know, he got injured early on in the year, and they've turned to Mikey Keene. But the thing is, is Dylan Gabriel is now in the transfer portal. So what does that tell me? That tells me UCF is pleased enough with how Mikey Keene has done as the backup turned starter to keep him rolling um, going forward. So I trust in what Mikey King can do. I trust in the team with the head coach. Uh, yeah, UCF covers and they went out right. Guys, I can't believe we're doing this. I am on Central Florida as well. I, In my right mind, I can't pick an SEC team that's had a disappointing season in a bowl game. They always lose. They never show up. And just think about this. This game, Central Florida and Florida, is a game that Central Florida has wanted to schedule a home-and-home home with Florida for years. And Florida will not do it. The SEC teams, they will not go play true road games. I just think the motivation will be on the side of Central Florida so much that it can make up for that seven and a half. I would not be surprised if Central Florida won this game. My guess is the money line is somewhere around 250 to 270. I would think about taking that as well because that's just a phenomenal value. When you're looking at a team in Florida that hasn't won a meaningful football game in months. I, I just, it's, it'd be really hard for me to pick Florida to win this game at all, especially uh, minus seven and a half. So give me Central Florida plus seven and a half. Fellas, we are all on the same teams three games in. How does that make you feel? We are the top three in the standings. We so are, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. What is uh, Bill Belichick says? If we're all wrong together, we can still be right. <laughs> he said that seriously. All right. Well, let's move on to, I'm going to say it. This is the most boring football game maybe ever conceived. This next one. Is it a sicko game? No, it's not interesting enough to be a sicko game. It's That's the right answer. But it's not sick. Boston College, minus three and a half versus East Carolina in the Military Bowl in Annapolis. It will be raining in gray. Everyone knows it. Um, this game is... It's something. I mean, Boston College, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I think you could say Boston College has had a disappointing season. I think they would have expected a few more big wins here and there and and just didn't get them, especially with how down some of their ACC opponents were. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Would. I think I think BC's year just kind of fell apart with, like, like with Dracovic going down. And I think Adazio kind of – not um, not Adazio, Jesus – um, I'm stuck like four years ago, stuck in time. Uh, halfway, I think the, the hype around him kind of died down. So I think people just, they flew under the radar and there's kind of, I think they had a disappointing season. I was on them on the over to the total over win total pretty hard. Um, but I thought they had a pretty disappointing season, but I think they can make a statement here with ECU. I think they're going to be ECU pretty handedly watching ECU against Cincinnati. Um, I thought ECU played physical, but not smart. Mike Houston always has had physical teams. He did at JMU, but they just are way too aggressive. And with Dracovic, is he playing? I can. Is he playing? Yes, uh, he is. I know yeah. he's coming. I know he's coming back, but I didn't know if he was playing in this bowl. He is. Okay. Well, I just think with how aggressive ECU was playing against Cincinnati, eventually they figured him out. And Desmond Ritter, who's not a, the most prolific passer like Dracovic is, was picking them apart pretty easily. So I think. Um, they're going to run away with this one. I think three and a half is pretty small. 
um, give me Boston College here. They need they need this win convincingly to get some hype back around them. This is one of those bowl games that I think a team cares about winning to get them back on the radar. Kind of propels you to the offseason. Yeah, you know, absolutely. it's not really you don't really consider it the bookend to your regular season anymore. You kind of consider okay. it, you know, as motivation yeah. going towards the Absolutely. offseason. For like now for like a team like Missouri for like like a team like Ford against UCF. Ford is still going to recruit and get players, even if they lose against UCF. So it doesn't matter to them. If ECU beats Boston College in a mm-hmm. bowl game, that's a really bad look for a Boston College team that already struggles to get recruits because of the location and the school and everything. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that I think Halfley knows he has to be prepared for. So I think I think Halfley's going to have them ready. Yep. Yeah. If they lose, they better hope the ink isn't dry on that extension. That's- yeah. Yep. Yep. We're not talking about that. Let's talk about it. Jeff Collins as well. He's not making a bowl. I'm ready for that offseason conversation. Uh, yeah. Jeff Collins, uh, all of his recruits are decommitting. That is, that is going to be a mess in 2022, but been there before we'll save that for another podcast. Uh, Gosh, I do go back and forth on this one. I think that this is going to be a very, very ugly football game. Dracovic, I just think, I don't know if he was rushed back too soon from his injury or what, um, but he hasn't, he's been inconsistent at times. I mean, listen to these numbers against Wake Forest. He went, he was three for 11 with 19 yards, one touchdown and two picks. I mean, Phil Jakovic, that's a that's an NFL draft prospect we're talking about. Or at least I guess he was. Throwing for 19 yards and two interceptions. Like, that's bad. Um, so I do think this is going to be a really ugly game, but I just think I think Boston College got about as good of a draw here as they could get with East Carolina. Um, East Carolina's still building. Um, and I, I, I think that this is just going to be just a gross gross football game and i see boston college winning something like 17 to 10 or something like that so i'll pick boston college in the spread but i don't feel great about it yeah well you shouldn't feel great about it because ecu is going to win this game uh and here are my reasons finally some disagreement yeah here are my reasons um you talked about phil Phil Dracovich. he's back but he's not 100 percent. he's not even close and this offense is nowhere anything like they were last year. Um, Boston College, since he's been back, is only averaging 22.75 points per game. It's not a lot, and it's not enough to beat East Carolina. And that includes scoring 41 against Georgia Tech. So take out that Georgia Tech game, and you are not looking pretty. ECU is a team that has played a lot better than their record. I believe they're 8-4 and four on the year, or 7-5. and five. Seven and five. Seven, seven and five. I have it literally written on my notes right here. Seven and five. They're better than a seven and five football team. They uh they played App State in Boone on the road to start the year. That's not easy for anybody. They lost by three to South Carolina. They lost by four to Central Florida. And they lost by seven to Houston. And then the 22-point loss to Cincinnati. This is a team that's one possession away from having a really darn good football team. I think this is where they start to grow. They're trending up, Boston College, trending down. They also have cooler uniforms. So I'm going to go East Carolina. Sticking with the pirate theme, you must be a big pirate guy. I am. I am. Pirates are awesome. I love it. And That purple yeah. that purple's a nice color. They, I like that color scheme a lot. Their pants are really cool. Like the pattern they have down the side of their pants, very unique. Love it. Hey, are we still supposed to hate them or what? I don't know. Has enough time passed since we played them last? Yeah, yeah I, mean, they're the, I mean, they're the reason what people always make the joke. They're the reason that the uh, ODU loss happened. Yeah, I... Uh. <laughs> um, No, I think... That was the reason? Well, no, but because like that game was canceled, we had a week off. Some people like right. thinking we went into the ODU game like soft. Like if we had played ECU and Play them tough, we'd have probably been all right. But it's like it's an ex of yours that you the breakup was pretty bad, but time has gone on and you're cordial now. And but you're like this just so you know, we're never getting back together. Like, yeah, I think I that's, think maybe, that's what this is. 
I think you maybe realize you can do better. Band, but if there's anybody, but with Babcock hates East Carolina. Oh, he despises <laughs> East Carolina. Yep. He was vocal about it too. Also, can you have two more polar opposite schools play each other in football? I'm yeah, not sure you can. Yeah. Catholic school versus the biggest party school in America. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Well, it'll be, um, I won't be watching this game. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to watch it. Let's go to another game with an American conference team and an underachieving SEC football team. That is Houston. Speaking of party schools. Yes. Houston plus three versus Auburn in the Birmingham bowl. This will be uh, 95% Auburn fans at the game. Maybe Auburn. more. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. This game will be on ESPN at noon. Um, over under well, is 52. I have a question about that though. Mm-hmm. And this goes back to the Florida game too. You know, obviously in the sec, it means more, all that stuff. Are Auburn fans really that fired up about the Birmingham Bowl? That's like, exactly. do you really think that they're going they'll, to come out in droves for this? They'll like, go. Birmingham's not that far from Houston. I mean, it's not close, but it's not like they're traveling to they'll, California. Or they'll something. show up. They'll show. They won't be excited, but they'll show up. <laughs> I mean, it's in Birmingham. Begrudgingly show up. Yeah. Yes, they'll begrudgingly show up. Um, oh, I guess we'll yeah. go. I mean, that's kind of like what we're going. That's kind of like what VT fans are with the Pinstripe Bowl. People are going yeah. to the Pinstripe Bowl for New York City and Yankee Stadium. <laughs> not, yeah. not to watch us not play for a the game. bad Maryland team. Next week. We'll get to that game next week. Uh, well, anyway, I guess I'll kick it off. Um, I'm on Houston here. I think they're actually going to win this game. I think watching them, obviously, as many people know, the Locks of Saturday podcast had a lot invested in the Cincinnati Bearcats this year. So I watched the last few games with them and watched their Houston game. Houston hung with them pretty much the whole game until pretty, I'd say the last 10 minutes of the game, it fell apart like really fast for Houston. But Houston competed with the team that is going to the college playoff. That I think a team that honestly could compete with most teams in America, just the way their defense plays. And Houston was able to put up points on the board. Again, this is another SEC team with a flawed season. They Their Super Bowl was against Alabama two weeks ago. That was their game to win. They lost. They're done. They're out. TJ Finley is God awful, terrible. And he's not even going to, and he's, I'm not sure if he's going to be fully, well, probably by then he'll be fully healthy, but he had a pretty bad ankle towards the end of that <laughs> Alabama game, which probably honestly cost him the game. But I think, uh, I think people are going to look that look at that too much at how the close they played Alabama. You can't ever predict what's going to happen in the iron bowl. So people are probably, they're probably giving Houston the points because of that. I actually think Houston might be the better football team right now um, based on how the last back half of the season went for Auburn. So give me the, give me the Cougars uh, plus three. And I kind of, I would, I would maybe take a stab at that money line as well. Yeah. I'm on Houston here as well. I think people are going to look, want to look at that iron bowl game and think, wow, like Auburn almost beat Alabama. Like they must be pretty good. But I think that game was more of an indictment on how bad Bama played that day. Um, Auburn's defense is very good. I will give them credit. Their defense is very good, but their offense is not. I mean, Auburn had every, every opportunity to clinch that game in regulation, but they couldn't muster more than 10 points um, against an Alabama defense that has been inconsistent. So again, with the quarterback situation being what it is with Finley, uh, Houston's rock solid. Their defense is actually pretty underrated as well. Um, I definitely like the under in this game, um, under 52. I think this is going to just be a pretty ugly game. Um, Both teams a little stronger on the defensive end. And yeah, I like Houston here to cover and maybe take a stab at the money line, just like Brett said. Yeah, we're talking about how disappointing Auburn has been. Um, You know, people aren't talking about they finished 0-4. They no, got two no. top 25 wins. They beat Ole Miss. They beat Arkansas. And then they lost their last four. Well, uh, remember that Arkansas was, you know, <laughs> top 10. And then they fell from grace pretty quickly. So I wouldn't true. consider that top 25 win something absolutely outstanding. Ole Miss, yeah, yeah good win. But I, I mean, it's I, – I think 
Auburn is one of those teams where they don't have mediocre seasons. They either are in the national title conversation or they're a five to seven win team. This is just one of the five to seven win team Auburn's Houston. On the other hand, I I think is a really darn good football team. They're one of the best pass rushing teams in the nation. And then a guy to watch out for Alton McCaskill, true freshman, five-star running back stayed at home and went to Houston, learn his name. He is a potential Heisman talk for the rest of his career. I'm telling you. Yeah, he ran all over Cincinnati, who's he got did. probably a top five defense in the country and probably would compete with most offenses in the country. So. This year, 175 attempts for 883 yards, 16 touchdowns, has a PFF rushing grade of 81.4. That's very, very good, especially for a true freshman. I like Houston in this game plus three. I like Houston outright. I think. You you can't lose too many seasons in a row at Auburn, and Brian Harson is just in his first first year. But that's is he on the hot seat in year two? I think so, just because I feel like that was if there's ever been like a a forced marriage uh, between yep. a a team and a coach, it's got to be that because yeah. I think the whole world knows he was not their first option. Mm-mm. He probably wasn't even their fourth option. Imagine if Auburn waited one more year. Exactly. They they could have gotten just about anybody this year. Probably they probably would have been. They'd have been a top what top four job, top three job probably. I don't even know. I I forget who was open. To be honest, so many. It's 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 all left my mind. Um, Yeah, and it's just that. The whole making the players walk upstairs all the time, the the vaccination thing. It, it's just the people writing his checks don't like him very much. That's never a good place to be in life. I haven't been a professional in my career for very long, but I do know not to piss off the person who writes your check. So yep. Brian Harson, not off to a good start there, buddy. All right. Next game. We are rolling along. This one, I think, was probably the toughest game of our slate for me to pick. Air Force plus one and a half versus the Louisville Cardinals in the first Responders Bowl in Dallas, Texas. This game will be uh, the same day as the Houston-Auburn game, December 28th. Over-under, 55 and a half. Brett, another service academy game. Louisville, a team that's been good at points this year and bad at points this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm just another game. I don't really know too much about other team watched Louisville some just because in the ACC and they've been, I would say, okay. Six and six. I mean, it's right down the middle air force. However, nine and three third in the mountain West, which was a competitive conference this year, especially when you look at the teams that ended up actually coming out of that conference to a bowl game, like Utah state. So this line was actually has flipped. I believe Air Force, it opened up. Air Force was favored by a point or two, and it has flipped to Louisville. And I think that's just based off people looking at them like, there's no way another a service academy is going to beat an ACC team. Louisville, who's got athletes, who's supposedly supposed to have a good coach, Scott Satterfield. But I'm on, give me the points here and give me the money line with Air Force here. I think that, they're going to Louisville is extremely undisciplined. Satterfield's on the hot seat. I think if he loses this game, um, I don't know if they'll fire Satterfield because there's just not many options left to pick from for a new coach. So, and Virginia Tech, as of we're recording this on Friday, December 10th, poached their special teams coach. So, I'm wondering if they're already thinking about making maybe may, maybe making a move on him. Um, would this be the final nail in the coffin for Air Force to? Uh, take Satterfield's take Satterfield's life away from Louisville. So um, yeah, give me air force here. Give me the money line in the cover in the spread. Um, I think just because so we, the line flipped, I think there are, there are just a better, more disciplined team Louisville. They can look like a mess at times, especially running against a triple option and Louisville's defense is subpar. Um, yeah. Give me air force here. Yeah. I feel like Satterfield, I don't know if I could see them making that move after the bowl, because like you said, that would be really late, but I guarantee you win or lose this bowl game. 
Uh, Scott Satterfield and Jeff Collins are the two hottest seats in the ACC in 2022, and it's not close. Um, but beyond well, they're that, they're the only I, returning coaches. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll throw Mac Brown in there. We'll throw Mac uh, Brown in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm on Air Force here too, as well. Um, and something that has really just caught my eye all year. Um, so every week I look at the, at the PFF team rankings, um, usually just to do a little bit of research for this podcast and, and whatnot. And there's a team that keeps popping in there. So in the top 10 right now, you have Georgia and Ohio state, Michigan, Bama, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Houston, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, awesome, pretty like standard teams, right? Right now, the PFF graded number three team in the country is Air Force. I don't know if that's just, well, that is probably just an error in the data because there's no way Air Force is the third best team in the country. However, that still tells me that they are a pretty solid football team nonetheless. And meanwhile, Louisville comes in at 46. Um, I think just to hammer home the points Brett said, Air Force is, I think, just playing better football at the moment. Um, I think they're a little more well-rounded, a little more of a veteran-type team. Um, Louisville's pretty young in some areas. It's pretty much just Malik Cunningham and a bunch of kids on offense. Um, Yeah, I'm on Air Force here to cover and to win outright. I'm right there with you. I love this Air Force team. They've played really, really well in tough Mountain West games. They've had some lapses offensively and they've had some bad turnovers here and there. But other than that, they've been a really solid football team offensively and defensively. The last game that they played against UNLV, zero pass attempts. Gotta love that. They also scored 48 points in that game. I know I'm a bit of a Mountain West homer, but the Mountain West is maybe one of the best conferences in bowl season. They always show up. They always play hard. I don't think this Louisville team has much outside of Malik Cunningham. And the fact that you're getting one and a half points, I know it's not a lot, but I like Air Force in this game. I don't think Louisville can stop that triple option. The best defense against Malik Cunningham is just simply not giving him the football. I think that's what Air Force will do. They'll control the clock. They'll control the ball. One or two turnovers for Louisville, and it could be a blowout. Louisville's on blowout watch. Which is not a good place to be playing a service academy. Clowning watch. Clowning watch. I like that. Yeah, they could get clowned in this game with like a reverse pitch or something. Absolutely clowned. Love it. So this matchup that we're going to next is maybe the juiciest matchup that we will have on this slate. It comes to us from the Liberty Bowl in Memphis, Tennessee. Mississippi State minus eight versus Texas Tech. The Mike Leach revenge game. To refresh your memory, Mike Leach was terminated from Texas Tech as head coach after uh, the son of former ESPN college football anchor Craig James. A little bit of a kerfuffle with a potential concussion. The protocol around that, what happened, we don't really know. Mike Leach terminated at Texas Tech. He ends up going to Washington State. Mike Leach has not let that go. I pity Texas Tech right now because I think Mississippi State might score 100. They seriously might score 100. Virginia Tech got Texas Tech's defensive backs coach. Um, This doesn't look good for Mississippi State, but Brett, we'll start with you. The over-under for this game is 60, by the way. Yeah, give me Mississippi State here. Mike Leach, probably the most interesting man in college football. While maybe he he doesn't show the most emotion... I think this might be the one time where he's going to show some emotion and just like you said, just absolutely ravaging Texas tech, Texas tech. Um, granted they played pretty good under their, uh, under their new regime, the last few games. I mean, they really did. They somehow got together after a disastrous start, giving up 70 points to an app to a Texas team that ended up being average. Um, so I'm, but I'm on Mississippi state here, even, even minus eight. I think anything above like six in a bowl game against like mediocre power five teams or like a low end power five team versus a medium G five team is hard for me to 
it's hard for me to go after unless it's, you know, a team that's giving up like Florida, but I'm on Mississippi state here. I think Mike Leach, like you said, holding a grudge, um, minus eight. Yeah. Give me the dogs. Yeah. I go back and forth on this one because eight points is a pretty huge spread. I feel pretty confident that Mississippi state will win this football game. Um, I love Will Rogers. I think, I mean, he obviously benefits from playing in a system that has him throw the ball a million times, but um, he's a really solid quarterback. I think why I am leaning towards Mississippi State covering this eight-point spread is that Texas Tech, um, I mean, obviously they don't have a head coach, but they've really, really kind of folded down the stretch here. Um, I mean, they have lost five of their last seven games. Their only wins coming, they beat Kansas, but... Everyone beats Kansas except Texas. Uh, and then they have one win over Iowa State. That was a really, really good win. But beyond that, got shut out by Oklahoma State, you know, crushed by Oklahoma, lost to Kansas State, who's not good. Like this, this just isn't their year. They're going to need some time to bring in the new staff. Um, they're going to have a lot of overhaul. They're just in a really tough transition period. I don't think Texas Tech really hangs around at all. I see Mississippi State winning this by about two touchdowns. I agree with you. This is my lock of the week. It's my blowout of the bowl season. Texas Tech is the number 119 EPA per pass defense in the country. Now, Virginia Tech did just get one of their defensive backs coaches. (laughs) So let's remember that. But that's a different conversation. Um, I think Mississippi State wins this one by a ton. Nobody talks about how good Mississippi State's defense has been. Um, considering the style of play that their offense plays, it is very rare that a team like that has a defense worth anything, and Mississippi State does. I I really like the Bulldogs in this one. I like the over simply because I think Mississippi State might score a million points. Um, but good news for Texas Tech. Visiting campus today, former five-star quarterback in Ohio State transfer, Quinn Ewers. So they could get potentially one of the highest rated recruits of all time in Lubbock, Texas. Rolling in in his free truck that he got from a Ohio State booster. Does This might be early, but does anybody, does Quinn Ewers scream Tate Martell to anyone else? He's way too talented, I think. He's, he is at a different stratosphere of quarterback. Two four seven misses on some guys, but those top end quarterbacks they don't miss too much. When they rank them like Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, high, they usually don't miss. Yeah, no, I just mean just the drama that's around him, and it could be a victim of his own demise. You, t- I, know you- Tate, I know Tate Martell wasn't some, you know, he wasn't like Quinn Ewers status. But he but was he was did, highly rated. Did start at Ohio State though. Yeah. Did yeah, Tate Martell, I think, was going to have a bit of an uphill climb just given his size and everything else. Just because, I mean, true. I don't even know if the guy was six feet tall, whereas yours is a big kid. And I don't know. They're kid bringing can sling it. His high school coach from South Lake Carroll High School in Austin, Texas, is being put on staff at Texas Tech. That's such a power move. I love it. Uh, that's Texas football. Never change. Never change. Well, let's go from Memphis, Tennessee. Let's get down to sunny San Diego. Billy Ray Mitchell, no longer a San Diego resident, but hey, he could probably show you some good taco trucks around the area. I've always wanted to go to San Diego. And we got a really good matchup in this one. UCLA, one-point underdogs against NC State. This game will be taking place on Fox at 8 o'clock. Over-under is 60. Brett, the holiday bowl between UCLA and and NC State. Are they playing at the old Charter Stadium? I have no idea where they're playing. They used to. Game. I think... Uh, or did I get, did anybody I get know where they're playing? Oh, no. It, they're playing at uh, Petco Park, where the Padres play. Oh, wow. So they're basically yeah. playing the pinstripe bowl of the West Coast. Essentially, yeah. The Padres I guess also they, wear pinstripes. They might have demolished that football stadium, come to think yeah, of it. Yeah, they may have. They helped. did, and... Um, Oh, what's the name of San Diego State Stadium? It's the coolest thing ever. It's like the Mayan Temple or something. <laughs> no, they're the Aztecs. It's like the Temple. They just I named have no it. idea. They just named it. 
Uh, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. Just go Google it, take the tour. It's going to look really cool. Uh, that stadium is not ready. Oh yeah. It was something totally metal. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah. No, I, I think so. Snapdragon stadium. Was it? What, say it again. Snapdragon. Oh, Snapdragon stadium. No, no, no. Snapdragon. Snapdragon stadium. Snapdragon stadium. Is that a flower Ooh. or something? I don't know, but it'll be part of the SDSU Mission Valley campus. Snapdragon. It's a dragon with Snapchat. It is designed to meet the needs of the entire San Diego community and will launch the university into a bold new future. Projected to feature over 300 events annually. Jesus. Yeah. Go Aztecs. Well, anyway, speaking of West Coast. Yeah. Speaking of West Coast, I'm off the West Coast here. I'm going back east. We're a Wolfpack podcast. I'm going to NC State. Finishing the year pretty strong. Finishing the year, not pretty strong. Finish the year very strong with a win over um, North Carolina in a thriller that I thought, which they were, blowing them out. And I thought they were going to finish that way. But uh, they, let, they let North Carolina sneak back in the game. But I'm on NC State here. UCLA. Um, they pretty much solely rely on their quarterback. Uh, his name is slipping me. Um, Brian Thompson Robinson. Yes. DTR. DTR, that's right. Yeah, they pretty much solely rely on him. And if he's having a bad game, UCLA has a bad game. So NC State is just a much more complete and consistent team this year um, defensively. And then obviously um, and on the offensive side with Weary. He's uh, been playing good ball. Emike, was it Emike? Uh, Amico Mezzi. Mezzi, stud. He's going to go off. He's going to go off against UCLA. Um, they just play tougher football than UCLA. Um, Chip Kelly might be thinking about uh, Oregon. <laughs> we don't know. But uh, he might be thinking about it this game. So he might not care. So we're going to uh, go Wolfpack here. That would be the cherry on top of just <laughs> this exquisite Sunday that has been the coaching carousel. Oh, that would make me so happy. But I'm also on the pack here. One point spread, basically a pick them. Um, NC State's just a better football team. They have been they have been wildly consistent all year. Um, you know, aside from maybe one, I guess we can call it just mental laps at Mississippi State where they only scored 10 points, but that was at the beginning of the year. They've just consistently handled business um against these acc atlantic opponents you know one game they let slip away against miami another one they let slip away against wake but i mean they've won nine games for a reason they're just so solid uh ucla is anything but they're just wildly inconsistent yeah give me the wolf pack all day yeah it's that inconsistency that hurts ucla for me and i think we we thought they were this really good team to start the year because they crushed Hawaii and then they beat LSU in a really big game. We thought LSU was good. LSU was not. Um, also, just announced this evening, Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator for Georgia, he will be taking the Oregon head coaching role. Oh, so, I, thought, I thought that was fake. Yeah, I thought Feldman shot that down. Has it been brought back up? It is. I'm. It's on the Atlanta Journal. Um, not not trying to call Sports you out. Illustrated is saying conflicting curious. report. Um, yeah, we're we're not sure right now, actually. Yeah, that's why I made the Chip Kelly comment because Chip Kelly's still alive. Chip Kelly back to Oregon, still alive. Excuse me. Look, I don't think it matters. Um North Carolina State's playing really good football this year, front to back, consistently throughout the season. I really like what Dave Doran's been doing with that program. The talent has been getting slowly better and better the past three or four years. I think, though, this is one of the best offense versus defenses matchups in bowl season. UCLA has been phenomenal offensively all year long. Number three EPA offense across the entire country. NC State defensively, one of the top defensive units in the ACC and in Power 5 football, number 18 in EPA per defense, but I think NC state 
coming off games against Wake Forest, Syracuse, UNC, a little bit more battle-tested than UCLA, who's gotten to play Colorado, Cal, and USC, all of those teams under 500 for their last three games. Uh, I think this is just one that NC State, it's just the tougher football team. I agree with you, Brett. Tough wins in this game. I think NC State wants this to get to 10 wins. That'd be a really good mark for their program. I don't know how many times NC State has won 10 games as a football program. So could be a big year um, here in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm located now. Uh, okay, last game of the docket. West Virginia, plus four, versus Minnesota. West Virginia, one of those teams that I think, like Auburn, it was very under the radar how poorly they finished the season, but they are bowling. Minnesota, on the other hand, took home Paul Bunyan's axe in a huge upset win at home against Wisconsin. Yeah, no, I this is this is a tough one for me because I think West Virginia is capable of winning this game, fully capable of winning this game, especially running the ball, which they seem to get away from the last few games, and I think that's what hurt them. But um, I don't know, Minnesota, beginning of the year, I was like, goodness me, the boat is sinking. Don't row the boat. The boat is sinking. And then all of a sudden, they go on a little bit of a win streak, and they sign P.J. Fleck to just this absolutely asinine contract. I guess, I mean, what if you think about it, Minnesota, I mean, who are they going to get better than P.J. Fleck, honestly? Like, if he leaves and they fire him, like, who are they going to get? Bring back Jerry Kill. Yeah, I mean, seriously. So, I mean, I can, I might get it, but Jesus, that contract was like just disproportionate to his what he's done there. But anyway, uh, I think I'm on still on Minnesota here. They're hot. They just want, like Sam said, it's won the Paul Budget Trophy. Um, West Virginia trending, as Sam said earlier, trending down. Minnesota trending up. Um, back up. The boat is afloat. They may have gotten a life raft. Um, Minnesota, I like Minnesota here, West Virginia. Um, just not too thrilled with how they played that towards the end of the season. I'm actually going to push back here. I, I'm on the Mountaineers here. Um, I actually, unlike you guys, I don't mind how West Virginia finished the season. Uh, they won four out of their last six to finish, finish the year. They were four and six going into uh, matchups with Texas and Kansas. And they won both of them, and they became bowl eligible. Um, I mean, I know that's nothing impressive, but at the same time, they're you know they're not in a complete slump. Um, I I believe that Minnesota is the more talented football team. However, I just don't really trust what they can do here. Um, West Virginia, I'm not confident enough to pick West Virginia to win this game outright, but with a four point spread. I think that that's just big enough um, to where I could see West Virginia hanging around and maybe losing this game by field goal. Um, I I like what the Mountaineers are doing here. They run the ball really well. Um, After a pretty lackluster stretch in the middle, I just think they're playing a little bit better and they can, they can make this happen. Yeah. They had that three game losing streak. They lost Oklahoma. They lost Texas tech and they lost to Baylor. Things started to go downhill. I mean, at that point they were a two and four football team. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't think that they're playing very well. I don't see when they played Virginia tech, I didn't look at that game and say, wow, West Virginia is a really talented football team. I looked at that game and say, wow, Virginia Tech's screwing themselves in this game. I think Minnesota has quietly had a really good season and no one's talking about it because they lost to Bowling Green. They had one horrendous performance. Other than that, they've been a really good football team this year. Look at them. They kept it close with Ohio State. They beat Wisconsin. Those are two pretty good bookends to end the year for P.J. Fleck in Minnesota. I like the Golden Gophers in this one. I think they can win it by a touchdown, maybe two. West Virginia's defense is very good, but they're not as elite as they were last year. And I think they'll make one or two many mistakes, like they did against Virginia Tech, where they just kind of don't play a full 60 minutes of complete football. Minnesota's good enough to get him in that one. Tanner Morgan, still at Minnesota, the quarterback. He's still playing really good football. I like the Gophers in that one. All right, fellas. That was our last game. Big night 
on the podcast. How are we feeling? How are we feeling about bowl season? Are you excited for bowl season this year? Does it feel like it came quickly? Yeah, the season flew by, man. Um, it's pretty crazy to be, to be completely honest. Flew by. This is actually just talk, we're talking about bowl games. Pretty interesting concept that's been floating around, especially with the playoff expansion being put to a pretty drastic halt, at least for a while. Um, there's been some talks between multiple analysts and stuff, and maybe some of the committee that they might move half the bowl season to the beginning of the year. Um, I don't know if anyone else has heard about that or if that's just me that's been reading about it. I have heard it. I like that idea for certain matchups. I yes. think it would be good to pin because what you do with that is you, you facilitate good schedule making. Yep. You facilitate teams playing teams that are, you know, toss up games, games that are against even evenly matched teams. I think you get people excited for the next year. I you avoid opt out. I like it. You avoid, you avoid opt outs. You know, no one needs to be playing a football game outside in New York or in Fenway in late December. No, I agree. And like they have the Chick Fil A yeah. kickoff or whatever. You know, that's pretty much a bowl game. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I went to one game. I went to one the Alabama. I think the first time I played Alabama there. I mean, that was like a bowl game. I mean, all the yeah. events they had and they had a concert. I mean, it was pretty much a bowl game. And that's mm-hmm. like. What, that's was that the only sponsored kickoff game, if I'm not mistaken? At the Don't time forget the Duke's was. Mayo Classic. The Duke's oh. Mayo Classic is spectacular. What an event! I was there. It was Georgia and Clemson? Oh, that's right. That, that was this year. College game day was there. A man dumped a whole jar of mayo on himself. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great idea, and I think look, if you know Virginia Tech does have a, they have an interesting schedule next year. Let's put it that way. I mean, they play Liberty, they play Old Dominion, they play Wofford and West Virginia. Those are their four non-conference. I think Virginia Tech fans would much rather play Maryland than Wofford or Old Dominion or Liberty next year. So yeah, I, I think it's a great call. I mean, you'd get a lot of really cool matchups. Yeah, it would almost be um, kind of like the the not even preseason, but the early season tournaments that they do in basketball Mm -hmm. you know because sometimes i feel like the nit season tip-off gets more traffic than the actual nit does you know is it's those are those teams at least have something to play for and i mean think about how much you could learn about your team and in that game i think the one thing you know it's been shown that you can schedule games a year out in advance and it's okay We've proven that we can do that. I think it's something that could get traction, especially if players keep opting out. And it's not like just the elite players are opting out. I mean, Virginia Tech fans know this. Random guys are just opting out and not playing in what could be their final football game. So that shows you how much this means to the the players and how much it means to the programs. The fans aren't really going to games anymore. The TV numbers aren't great. Maybe this maybe the bowl season thing is done. Maybe it's fun to watch the games, but there could be something better out there for the sport. Yeah. It just seems like the whole concept of a, a bowl as almost a consolation prize for teams not playing in the national championship just doesn't really have that same effect anymore. Um, especially if you look like it, look at a team like Virginia tech where they don't even have a bowl streak anymore to try to, you know, take pride in every year. It's just those little things are kind of gone. Two thirds of all FBS teams are playing in a bowl game. That's wild. They had to make a new bowl game just for that. It just means less. (laughs) (laughs) Really? But I mean, I will be yelling and screaming at my TV when tech plays Maryland. Yeah. Locks lock. We'll we'll talk about that later, but Locksley sucks. I hope we beat him. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Will be an interesting one. All right. That wraps up tonight. Bowl season part one. Check Twitter. Make sure to go sign up for the ESPN Bowl Mania. You can search our group name. It's just Locks of Saturday with the dollar sign for the S on Locks, not on Saturday. There's two S's in that. Locks, Lock, dollar sign of Saturday. There we go. Bowl Mania for a, for a prize. Robert, if you win, you don't get the prize, by the way. The but prize why? goes to a listener. Oh. Yes. Why am I doing this? It's it's this is how we get our brand out there with the 
the stuff. It's yeah. the whole point of this. If my dad wins, I'll just make him give me the prize. All right. If your dad wins, if if your dad wins, we'll make sure he gets a shirt. Jeff, I know you're listening. You better give me that prize. All right. See you guys next week, around the same time next week. I think we're going to record on Thursday night, so we'll get that out next weekend. We'll do bowl games part two. Irby, sign us off. Go Hokies. Every morning